2: song and wow so, even though it was just for a, a day and a half you know it was still good you know we we did our uh, best to social distance and order food in and all that other fun oh, yeah. stuff so um nice, just- nice. How, how are they doing
1: are they doing all right
2: yeah they're doing good uh, my my dad's worked through the entire thing you know he, he like his job kept him um in work so he's been just doing his thing working and then my mom wow. of course is you know working as well and so they they really haven't stopped that why uh, like um when it comes to that but just the, you know they wait last weekend to see my sister and uh my nephew and you know see them for the weekend and then they came up here because they they just kind of you know wanted to see the grandkids and everything and they just yeah you just roll the dice you know i guess you know they, i
1: know right <laughs>
2: At some point in time, we got to go and live, you know?
1: Right. Where does your sister to live again? I forget.
2: Dothan, Alabama. Oh,
1: uh, okay. She's in yeah. Alabama. Gotcha. Yeah,
2: because um, my brother in law is in the Army, so he's stationed down there. Um, and then he'll be restationed sometime. It was supposed to be in July, but that was pre COVID. Um, yeah. To Texas or whatever. But he's just going by himself. Oh, um,
1: oh okay.
2: Yeah. Gotcha. So my sister will just stay in with. Uh, with my nephew or son, um, you know, until he—I he, think he's only stationed there for a year. He doesn't have to go to deployment or any, anything like that. So, nice.
1: That's cool. Yeah. Right. So,
2: how's uh everything going on your end?
1: Yeah, I'm just plugging along. You know, plugging know along. Nothing, yeah, nothing too bigger here. It was uh Nash's fifth birthday. Nice. Um, last week, and then so Reina's family is um in town uh and then they are um so we saw them yesterday we had a cookout over at nate nicole's and nash starts t-ball tomorrow so they're supposed to have their first game which is interesting so we'll see what comes of that (laughs) i have noticed more and more like softball and
2: t-ball and like youth baseball leagues playing now more than anything yeah so
1: yeah, I mean, it makes sense. Everybody's like, you know, far enough away for the most part. So. Yeah.
2: Yeah, that's good. I mean, as long as they're, you know, they have the precautionary measures, it gets kids outside and at least doing something. I mean, I can only imagine right. being, you know, it's one thing to be an adult through all this, but like being like, a, you know, five years old, you know, around that oh age, just yeah. not will do anything. It's just, it's crazy. So right, that's good. Inside. Yeah. yeah.
1: So we'll see. We'll see what comes of that
2: so yeah we had a little um server issue today on the website uh it, it was so funny it was actually an issue with google google did really? something and it caused our server to go down um and it w- went went to hell so oh uh,
1: man so, so you we were, have to work on that all
2: day yeah well it really wasn't anything on mine i could do um, i, I did i went through all like the the measures to see if it was like there was anything on on our back end, that was um, wrong, but the the company that we use for it to to do our server, they basically said it's an issue between them, Google, and one other uh, third party user that they use, and it you know it took about an hour for the site to come back up, but it was really slow, and then oh, and then I think like three four hours down the road it was finally like everything was back to normal it was like little little by little the site would get a little bit faster and a little gotcha so yeah Yeah, thank (laughs) you google
1: (laughs) yeah right i know yeah i saw joseph sending some messages on good old slack so
2: yeah that's all that it was it's
1: good job google
2: (laughs) good job google it's nothing it happens and i told uh yeah Like I told Joseph and some of the other clients that I work for because it it was not just our website. It was on the entire eastern seaboard. Anybody that had a server that was based on the eastern United States, it was that server, you know, deal. And so like when I was in uh, the chat session, when I logged on, usually like there's like a queue line if there's a busy day. Usually that queue line for for the company that we use is like five. Like I have to wait for, you know um you know five or six people or whatever in front of me and then that right. usually takes like two to three minutes for me to get put up it was when i logged in i was number 562 no I think. way <laughs> yeah it was all of <laughs> the place. i waited like, like 45 uh, minutes just to get through i was like in you know the chat that. the poor chat people like you know they can only do so much and i was like hey yeah, look right. I just want to make sure i don't need to do anything on my end and they're like no we you know thank you for for contacting us we are. i was like okay i'll let you be and stuff but of course you know there has got to be something else that um,
1: 500 oh man that's insane
2: you know sh- you know there that day like you know their that chat service and you know the people in customer service were getting ripped to shreds oh
1: yeah absolutely absolutely yeah they probably liked that you were just like hey just checking in yeah so
2: yeah i had a, like excuse me, joseph was like oh no you know our site's down again i was like everyone's sites down I, like i don't know what like this is shit happens, you know, type deal. And right, so
0: right.
2: you,
1: yeah, it'd be one thing if it was just ours, but yeah,
2: well, that's what the last time that happened wasn't like, I think November or whatever, it was just our site and it shut it down for like two days and stuff, but oh, yeah. this was you know, nothing to do with us. And so I said, no, nah, you weren't looking at porn or anything that caused it. So <laughs> yeah. ooh, that's click funny. this site to see the, yeah. The, right. The new nudie pictures. Boop! Uh-oh. <laughs> Post uh,
1: it to uh, LRM.
2: <laughs> shit. That's all. Uh, we, but. Yeah, right? Oh, man. Oh, man, man, man. But uh, good news, though. Hey, how about Dark Web? Dude, winning an <laughs> Emmy? That's awesome. That's,
1: seriously, right? I mean, that's a big deal.
2: Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, so they won for Best Lighting, you know? So, um to to say that you're Emmy winning, you know, that's an unbelievable achievement for, you know, uh, Michael Nardelli, Roxy, you know, she, Mario Michonne, you know, those three, the main directors of, and kind of the creators of Dark Web and nominated for seven Emmys, which is unbelievable for being an indie project. You know,
1: absolutely.
2: Stuff. Yeah. Can't believe it. So shout out to the cast of Dark Web. You know, Mark and I love you. We miss you guys. We wish we were back in San Diego Comic-Con again and, and you know, next. Oh, yeah. Running around.
1: And, and, I, and I just do have to say, like, that That cast is awesome. And, I mean, I know, like, that seems very cliche, but. Um, very cliche. single person. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> but every single person is, like, extremely, extremely down to earth, personal, like, easy to have a conversation with. I mean, they were some of the nicest individuals ever, so. Not only to be um, obviously nominated in the first place for all of them has to be you know such an accomplishment, but to win one as well is just you know awesome. So uh, they definitely they definitely all deserve it. Yeah, I mean it's
2: it's crazy to think about. So talking with you know Michael and Tim about, it, I mean you know it was just a a concept that they wanted to create. They wanted to do something different, not just an indie film. And they wanted to create a series. They got the, you know, the, the finances to, you know, to, to be an indie project. No major studio would would greenlight it. They go ahead and greenlight it. It was finished in production for a while. They shopped it around. We got it in San Diego Comic Con. We got a panel. We got the cast out there, and boom, it gets picked up by Amazon. So I mean, you think about it. Just the, you know, the journey of that one, you know, that one little project. How. It went from just a little indie project that the guys, you know, three people kind of putting together their minds and writing a script out, putting it all together. It, it's crazy um, that they, the kind of the journey of it, and now it's, you seeing it kind of come full uh, circle to the end and winning a, uh, an Emmy. I kept on, like, for some odd reasons, calling it a Grammy when when Michael <laughs> sent me. I was like, oh, you're up for a Grammy? He's like, like, no, no, Emmy. <laughs> I was like, for whatever, I just keep messing up the, the damn award shows. Um but it's pretty cool. And then um, they they're now working on the the podcast, you know, building the dark web, which they're two episodes in kind of uh, I would recommend it for anybody um, that is w- wanting to learn about, you know, the film industry or, you know, any indie film makers out there and, you know, the struggles and, you know, maybe some tips that you can learn from there. But it's really cool. I don't know if you got a chance to watch the first episode, but I'm kind of. A geek like that with documentaries and, and podcasts. I yeah. like learn behind-the-scenes stuff, but it's pretty cool. And then listening to Roxy talk is always fun. Oh,
1: my gosh. She's hilarious. Yes. Roxy's awesome.
2: You're one of the greatest people to be around. Just a, a ball absolutely. of fun.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so. if you ever need a smile, just you know talking to Roxy is going to do it.
2: Yep. And then um, – Let's see. Kind of moving on. Uh, so have you thought about your next uh, retro piece, what you're you're looking into? Yeah, uh,
1: yeah so um, we have a couple things coming down the line. So this Friday is going to be um, Reading Rainbow and Book It.
2: Hell yes, um, Reading Rainbow. And,
1: and did you know that the Book It program is still a thing?
2: Yes, I did. Know, um, yeah. Well, um only
1: a little girl so you and know.
2: Yes, that's the only reason why I know is my daughter, who is a great reader, (laughs) a lot better than me. And, you know, I was like, I was astonished that the Book It program was still around.
1: Oh, yeah. So looking at the uh, Reading Rainbow and the Book It program, which was really kind of um, both started because of a big push from Reagan, um, obviously, to build literacy. Um, He first started a lot with like adult literacy, but obviously Mm -hmm. to help that you know create those sort of programs so there's that one um and then um doing one on a old board game did you ever have the garfield board game
2: no i did not i oh man no i did not
1: you're you're missing out on that one so uh doing one on a garfield board game from the early 80s and then um rounding out the end of um 80 to 84 is going to be um the uh the masters of the universe castle playset. set yes so, yeah yeah you have gray skull snake mountain um she crystal castle and then eternia which that thing was you know, i i forgot like that's the only one i didn't have so i forgot how big and extensive and expensive it was um then we're gonna move into uh what, did you,
2: the, you look up the price point of the the castle
1: how,
2: how much was it I back then i completely forgot so
1: so all of the ca- – well, the the three main castles, so Grayskull, um, Snake Mountain, and Crystal Castle, were all anywhere between $20 and $30. That's it? Um, you, that is it, man. So you could get oh Grayskull, Grayskull um, at – I think it was a Kmart. I, I found a picture of one of the ads, and it well, – was you could get it for $20 with, like, this coupon. Uh, and it said the original price was like twenty-seven or something like that. Oh my gosh! Um, so yeah, they those were all twenty to thirty dollars, where the uh, Eternia was like eighty-five dollars. Which oh. now I see why I didn't have it. <laughs> right? Yeah, that thing was right. humongous. All right. Yeah, well, it was, like, three kind of mini-castles, but it had all of these, like, tracks and all these other yeah, things with it. Yeah, it it. Okay, yeah. It was crazy. Um, So, basically, you were buying, really like, ends-
2: three castles for for a price of one, or you are yeah, getting right. three castles in that one box.
1: Right, but it didn't have the storage capacity that the other ones did. So, it was mm-hmm. so many parts. So, I think part of the issue was that, like, one, it was $85, but, two, it, like it had to be assembled, right? So right. it either had to stay out, or, or if you think about it, like it had to constantly be like torn down and put back up, where the other play sets were, I mean, you know, they, you know, you could close everything inside, really.
2: Oh, okay. Yeah.
1: But still, 85 I mean, bucks
2: is not bad. Jeez. <laughs> is yeah, any-
1: I mean, it's a, yeah, but I think if you think, you know, early 80s, yeah for all of that it's not bad but
2: i'm calling my parents up tonight yelling at them like why didn't you give me this shit it was only 30
1: bucks (laughs) yeah
2: exactly right
1: yeah that was crazy i found a couple of the ads there's a couple pictures from like catalogs and stuff like you know like we talked about last time with the sears catalog yeah Um, so we're looking at that and then uh then we'll move into um 1985 to 1989 there's going to be Two different pieces. Uh, Kyle's writing one on the movie Little Monsters, which is okay. awesome. Yep. Um, and Jake is writing – he actually has an interview with uh, one of the main characters from – do you remember the movie Rad, the BMX movie?
2: Yes, I do. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, he, he's got an interview with someone from Rad, um, and that's coming out in 4K. Uh, and then we're also going to be taking a look at American Gladiators – um and rounding off eighty five to eighty nine with the G.I. Joe Aircraft Carrier. Nice. Yeah.
2: There we go. That's a good set. I mean to move move on to.
1: Dang. Yeah. I know. So
2: I love your Rambo we'll piece, it. man. What's Is up? It? I love your Rambo piece. Oh was,
1: thanks, man. It's yeah. it so interesting because like I watched it um, like I said, last Oh my gosh, it was last week or whatever when I was writing it or typing up the uh, column. And yeah, it's just it really was a, just a completely different "quote unquote" action movie, right? Right. It it kind of reminded me as like what the original Halloween movie was for the horror franchise mm-hmm. because after the original Halloween movie. The horror franchise changed, like all, the Halloween movies changed, right? If you think about the right. second one, it became like ultra gory because gory was in. Where like the first one was like wasn't really gory, but it was just like you know the story. The to it.
2: it was all about the script. Yeah, though.
1: beautiful. Right, and that's what, that's how it felt like. First Blood was. I mean, it was a story. Like I said, I mean, at the end, first of all, you have the you know your protagonist who, like any other movie, if a guy's you know tearing down a city. And going after, you know, the local sheriff and all of that probably wouldn't be the the hero. But, like, I mean, so it was kind of this role reversal and really shed a lot of light on, you know, what was going on. And, you know, when people are coming back from Vietnam and how they're treating a lot of people. Yeah. And fortunately, um, Mm -hmm. yeah, a lot of that, you know, and, and like I said, all those toys. I remember calling you or texting you and I was like. Dude, do you remember the lunchbox that had like the with the rocket like <laughs> yep. the rocket launch like there's no way at all that you know you could have that today.
2: The craziest thing though is that the original ending for First Blood was Stallone was supposed to commit suicide there at the end and then yeah. switches it right at the last minute. It had yeah. both- endings filmed and he the entire time when he had the script and stuff and you can listen to interviews of him talking about it he wanted it to be you know really thought-provoking and stuff and and he kept it in and then i forget i forgot what the guy's name was but convinced him right at the last minute to switch it because he felt like that wasn't going to be a, a positive impact on people that people weren't going to you know change their minds about um veterans and stuff and switches it Could you imagine? you know, huh. if, if Stallone keeps the original ending in with, you know, committing suicide, how how crazy well, though? Would...
1: I mean, and that's the thing, because, like, even though that's such an unfortunate fact, um, but, yeah, Stallone Stallone was the, one of the advocates that was, like, no, you know, like, he's already been through so much, like, not only mm-hmm. Vietnam, but, like, returning home, and, like, home was just, like, Vietnam in a different way, mm-hmm. you know, and he was, like, all these things, like, out in the cold, being chased, all this stuff, um, and he was like he even said like if you know if Rambo would have committed suicide at the end that would have been like the town winning and this was supposed to be like Rambo's story Um, and you know sure enough here we are I mean what the most recent Rambo was what last year two years ago something like that
2: Two, yeah I think it's two years now It's it's 2018, been 2018
1: right uh-huh. I think um, and there's
2: somehow talks for another one more Rambo I don't know how that's going to happen
1: <laughs> of course why not right yeah um. yeah but I, I just think um, I, I remember the first time I saw First Blood and there was something I just liked about you know like him being out in the woods and this and that but I remember watching it and just feeling different about the ending because like I said you know most of the hero movies you you know the hero saves the day and this and that and just like there there was no saving the day per se you know and there wasn't a like damsel in distress which i you know i appreciated and like i said he's like they're crying and like even when i was younger and like couldn't make those connections it was still like okay there's something very different about this
2: yes Mm -hmm. yeah because it storyline it jumps what is it like what was it like four or five years after the first rambo that they did the second one
1: uh Oh, yeah, and it's complete, uh, so I think, let's see, uh, uh, first one was 82, I think the next one was 85 or
2: 86. Oh, that's not, It's not true. so four 85. years. 85. Yeah,
1: but it was completely different. It was Way completely different. different.
2: Yes, that one, so like, even though, it, it, it's funny because it's the same theme of Vietnam, but right. that's different, because instead oh, of, right. instead of, still, you know, uh, Rambo versus, you know, the American society and the view on soldiers, it's Rambo versus Vietnam himself. Like, yeah. why, why didn't we just let this guy go by himself to Vietnam and take everyone out type deal? Right, yeah, and
1: I mean and the the kill count was like triple, I mean it was just you know, Oh, the
2: weaponry re- was so much better.
1: Oh yeah. And, well, and then the funny thing was you know, as you and I kind of talked about this This was the first time there was, you know, kind of R-rated toys and and a cartoon like we talked about, where once you get to, I mean, even 1990 to 1992, so about a decade later, let's say, you know, all of a sudden the switch with like Ninja Turtles and Batman Returns where there was that parent storm remember about
0: mm-hmm.
1: weapons and all you know i've kind of talked about like how power rangers and all that had to change but really like rambo first blood and then especially rambo first blood or we you know part two or whatever yeah like that's that was around the same time and then you got things like terminator and some of that stuff robocop some of those toys robocop and that's when you started to get along which was a very short lived time um but i still don't think that it would have would have happened without like Rambo for blood kind of paving the way for it. Right,
2: because well, RoboCop was rated R, right? The first one.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. A- so Hunter and I were just talking, right? So it was on the other day, and we so we both watched it. I remember watching that as a kid. Dude, like yeah, that's definitely rated R. I mean, right? You, okay. Uh, the the villain, uh, I forget his name, but it's the dad from that '70s show. Who was a really good villain. Uh, I mean they torture, you know, Robocop before he's Robocop. And I mean it's very graphic. And then they get the um uh, near the end when the guy drives the truck their van into like the chemicals and his right. skin mm-hmm. starts like peeling away. Do you remember all that?
2: Uh, yeah, vaguely. <laughs> it's been a while since I've seen the original Robocop.
1: Oh man, you need to check out but yeah, it's extremely, extremely violent.
2: <laughs> Yeah, well, I remember it. So I didn't, of course, I didn't see it in, like, in theaters, and I I didn't see it when it first came out. I remember the local Pizza Hut, this is how back, going way back. um, The local pizza that we used to go eat at had the actual arcade game, the RoboCop arcade game. I played that. That got me interested into it. Then there was the cartoon that I found you know on yeah. some late night you know syndication and then i think it was probably four years after the first robocop robocop i think his second one came out four years three or four years after and when that was in theaters the first one i uh i got my parents to rent it now of course my mom had no clue what the hell i was renting <laughs> it, and i watched it in my room and that just uh, shook me for the rest of my life oh wow. yeah
1: that's so awesome
2: yeah, I mean, uh, but think about it, like, so, and we, I know we've discussed this over and over, but it's still jaw-dropping to me that, like, there were RoboCop toys. Um, there was even you Die know. Hard toys. You know John McClane, yeah.
1: you know. Right.
2: Yippee-ki-yay, and, you know, all that stuff. I mean, it, it, it's, the 80s were also, unbelievable.
1: Yeah, I felt like that was such a short amount of time. So, if you think about it, let's see, so robocop the first one was 87 okay um and rambo that makes sense Uh, 86 oh okay rambo the second rambo was 85 so i really feel like 85 to like 89 90 was like maybe even a little further i'd say 85 to about 92 i feel like 92 is when things started to like slow down a little bit with that and things started to change because i just (laughs) i remember the main backlash with batman Returns. yep and 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 the mcdonald's fiasco um and then it all like went from there because if you remember so i remember like when the batman returns toy line came out right um and for some reason do you remember there was like robin like the tim drake robin for whatever was in that like Mm -hmm. i don't know why but um, and so, like, they had they had the Catwoman from the movie, like the Michelle Pfeiffer costume and everything. Right. Um. But the Penguin they had was just, like, a repainted version of, like, the Super Friends or the uh, Super Powers were, yep. like, uh-huh. line. Because like,
2: I, not... I, I got the actual, like, 8-inch toy version of that when, 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 like, what was it, Mattel, we used to run those oh, yeah. lines. And I noticed how yeah. similar it was.
1: Yeah. And so... Like I said that's why I feel like when the toy thing started to switch because then what you get to 95 was Batman forever, right? Right. I think. And then that's when it was like all of a sudden there was like a flip flop and like make the movie to match the toys or you know and it was it was pretty wild there after that. But yeah, there's like this short burst of like <laughs> late 80s of like anything goes toys like, "Oh, yeah, whatever." I mean, think about it, right? Like you said like John McClane you know, like, well, yeah, cop, but like, you know, shooting up, you know, terrorists and obviously Rambo, you know, g- g- you know going after terror. Like, I feel like anything could have been, like, terrorist-oriented. And I was like, yeah, here we go for it. That's fine. And what's so funny about
2: that is that if you watch the the documentary, the toys that, that make us on Netflix, they, they talk about – I forgot which episode it was. They talk about a window from – I think it was, like, 84 to, like, 91, somewhere around there where basically you could get away with making any type of toy and it would get pushed onto the shelves. And one of the um, biggest examples of this was on the Terminator. It was like one of the first Terminator uh, toys, or maybe it was Rambo. No, I think it was Terminator. It had the, the spring-loaded gun that would shoot out a little rocket or whatever, you know, from the bazooka. And stuff, and then other toys copied it as well and did their own little spring action, rock, you know. Rock. Uh, yeah. And they said, you know, they're like, if you think about it, go back to when Boba Fett was introduced from uh, Kenner. And they wanted to do the spring action rocket launcher from his back and it got nixed right at the last second. And so they had a, uh, the original, you know, Boba Fett with the spring loaded rocket launcher got, you know. Pushed to the side and there's only like a handful out there that actually have it the then they had to remake it so that the rocket didn't actually shoot out and then and it was because they were afraid of choking hazard but then you say then they look out they like there was like a six-year window when that went out the door and you could put anything spring-loaded action with a little you know firing piece to it and stuff so yeah you're right like Ooh. that kind of opened you know rambo-esque you know action movies kind of opened the door for kids to basically play with toys that were going to kill them, you know, in a sense. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It was legit. Like anything goes, I feel like.
2: Oh yeah. It's, it's and that, funny. And that
1: was a time too where like, I mean, so I feel like I even had weapons at the time that didn't have the, um, like orange caps or like they weren't bright colors. Like they legit just looked like whatever the weapon was.
2: Right. Yeah, it, it, was, it was identical. You know, you would get a shotgun or whatever, you know, uh, rifle and stuff, and it would be identical to what was in the movies.
1: Right. Oh, yeah.
2: No orange little piece at the end to, you know, nope. dictate it was a toy gun or anything like that. Oh, man, good times. Good I times wow. think of all the wrestling toys that came out then, too. Oh,
1: oh yeah, so many.
2: Good times. The toys need to go back to that age I mean, if I was president of the United <laughs> States. <laughs> uh,
1: <laughs>
2: did you watch any of the – I was going to say, did you watch any of the Premier League action? You probably watched the Manchester United game, right?
1: I did. I did. Um, you know, liked what I saw. Um, obviously, uh, you know, enjoy uh, Martial getting his hat trick, which is nice, finally bringing a hat trick back to United, which took forever. Been a while. Ever. Um, whew, since uh, Van Persie um, in 2013, but uh, <laughs> yeah, was, yeah, oh yeah, it was nice to get it back. Uh, at least you know having a hat trick, and it was a good win against Sheffield. Norwich was a little chippy, but you know, I mean, it's you know, it's a lot of games in a short amount of time after a right. long time, and I think you I think you've seen that with all the teams, just kind of you know. Um, so I don't know. We'll see though, with you know city losing to chelsea that doesn't help for the race for the fourth uh fourth spot you right know? um so we've got some work to do but we'll you know we'll see um yeah uh, how
2: do you, you feel know. so remember like before the season started you and i were kind of fig- trying to figure out how like the actual like commentating would be and like how they would interact How do you feel that they're like feeding in the crowd noise into the game to try to make it seem like, you know, there's actual, like something going on or whatever in the stands? But then you look in the stands and there's no one there.
1: So I, it's weird. I feel like watching it on TV, I don't really realize it as much. I feel like they're a little bit closer to the field with their, uh, with the video. Yeah. And, And it, it, Sounds at least on TV. It sounds better than I thought it would. Um, it doesn't sound as fake, I guess. But like you know, if there's a goal kick or something like that, it is weird to see that. Um, but I think it still has to be super weird for the um, um, for the players. And you know, I think it's better than what I thought, and it's better than nothing, I guess. But um, it's still just you know, clearly very odd and different. Um, uh, And you can can tell it makes a difference for the players as well.
2: Right. Uh, Yeah, it's definitely, the the action on the field is definitely different. And I I agree with you. I think it's because the lack of fans in the stands, which I understand. And, of course, you want everybody to be safe. So, uh, without a doubt, it's um, after watching WWE for the past couple weeks with their fake fans uh, surrounding the ring which is oh, weird their, yeah, yeah I, i'm i'm kind of happy that it's not that way it's just weird listening yeah. to the fan like the crowd noise sound you know. yeah it doesn't make sense it, it's kind of distracting to me almost because i'm listening to the crowd noise and i'm looking in the stand like it, i'm constantly wanting to look in the stands to see the fans and it's right. not there and then <laughs> it's my brain's like playing tricks on me but No, I I think the action's getting better, and, you know, um, luckily, you know, there's only a handful of games left, and then, you know, the Premier League can, you know, can take its rest, and the FA Cup is, they're in the semifinals now, right? Because United won, and what was it, Ah, There's I forgot the other, Uh, City won.
1: Yeah, so United played Chelsea, and Arsenal played City. Yes,
2: that's it, okay. So, I mean, we're we're down to uh,
1: I do not want to play Chelsea again because that's the fourth time this season. It'll be the yeah. fourth time, and United have beat Chelsea three times. It's hard to beat a team four times in a row. Four times, it's just very hard to do. that. And Chelsea is um, playing
2: with a little bit of fire. It, you know, what was it, Pulisic? It's, you know that that's um, the
1: only time they do well. If you look at it seriously, like they were playing like crap until he was subbed in and mm-hmm. scored. I mean, he, he has saved there, but
2: yeah, because even against Leicester, he, he had a couple shots on goal, even though they were blocked and stuff. But he's kind of yeah. given a spark to the team, so it's oh, not absolutely. bad. Yeah, um, you know, not a bad thing. So I think Pulisic's got a a shot to you know play significant time um, next year for Chelsea. So that's good for oh, yeah. USA soccer. It'll give a, a a big name for you know people to cheer for.
1: Yeah, um, much needed.
2: Yeah, so yeah, I agree with you that United's got a tough game ahead of them. It I, you know it'd almost be better if they were playing City next. Um, you know. Yeah, at this point. <laughs> yeah, yeah, at this point, exactly. Uh, but for Chelsea to beat them four times in a row, oof. gonna be rough. Yeah,
1: yeah, I think it's a little tough, and we'll see. I think I'm honestly at this point more <clears throat> concerned with like Europa. I think that's got to be. More of a focus on the way in than anything else, to be yeah. honest, at this point.
2: No, I agree with you on that. And, um,
1: but we'll see.
2: And then our boy, Jose Mourinho, man. Woo! Harry Kane saved him by getting a goal right there near the end, you know, against West Ham. And the game was in set, uh, and Harry Kane gets a goal, in, I forgot it was like 85th minute or something. It was late in the game. Right. And of course, Mourinho at, in the press conference afterwards, and. Oh I got it. cracks.
1: I, me. Yeah, he's quite the personality.
2: I told you, I told you he'd he'd be scoring. He'd score a lot more goals. Oh man,
1: the thing that I'm curious about with him, I would need to look at. I don't know this off the top of my head, but like, if you look at all of like the successful seasons he had with Chelsea and right, like how many years was that? And then like how many years has he gone? Like, you know, not with his, like, second Chelsea stint with his United. Stint, right, like, yep. how long has he gone that hasn't been good? I'm interested to see, like, well, what that will look like.
2: Right. And I think it's you're going to see a lot more of that from Tottenham, especially with um, – who is the player? Was it uh, Denomble, um that came out and said he wouldn't play for Mourinho anymore? It, it's the most most expensive <laughs> transfer that Tottenham's ever paid for. And only had him for a year and some change, and and says he will not play for Mourinho ever again. Like, what do you I mean? Look,
1: that? but I mean, look, you see that though, right? So, like, okay. if, if you look at if you look at United's line lineup now, right? So obviously, even though Moyo like brought him in, like he and Pogba clearly didn't get along. Right. Right. Luke Shaw. Remember, Luke Shaw was like about to leave. Yep. And and the other one was Anthony Martial, right? Because mm-hmm. I Martial missed the last World Cup because Mour- Mourinho would not play him. He was uh, not I remember, yeah. when 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 France won the World Cup, Martial was not part of the team because he wasn't playing enough at United. And and like now look at him. I mean, it just yeah, it just like I don't know. It just I He's not a well, like we've talked about before. He will not change his style. It's um, it's nor, crazy because nor he a man manager at all,
2: right? Because it's crazy because he acts like Zinedine Zidane, but Zidane right. at least produces results. Like it was, right. it's crazy, you know. Zidane won three Champions League titles with uh, Real Madrid. You know, in his first stint, and then comes back, and now in his first full season back, the, the Real Madrid, without Cristiano Ronaldo and and Karim Benzema, are going to win the La Liga, basically.
1: You know? Yeah.
2: Yep. And so, but Mourinho acts like he's in that spot. Like, that Tottenham's in first place and stuff. It's, <laughs> it's without a doubt. So... It's crazy. I'm waiting for the the trade for Gareth Bale to come to back to Tottenham because I swear to God that's that's gonna be it's gonna be something Mourinho does to just piss people off.
1: Yeah, I could see that happening. One, it'd be, it'd be a big money move first of all. And oh gosh, I just I don't know. I mean, how do you feel about that? Right? I I think. Tottenham, need like they do not have really any depth is, is part of the issue. They need they need more depth if they want to continue to, like, you know, progress and go far and be in all these other tournaments and whatnot. I just don't really think they have that right now. So right. Like, would you rather make some big money move for, like, Gareth Bale or would you rather try and get, like, some solid maybe younger players that have the potential to you – know, Yeah, I think
2: of, Gareth Bale's too around. old it's 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 like three years too late for gareth bale to come back right but i mean i don't blame the guy the guy is making a ton of money riding the bench on for for real madrid i mean shoot pay me that money and you're telling me i can just sit on the bench please
1: yeah there's like he and doing the same thing with arsenal
2: Mm Mm-hmm. yeah um you know it's it's the craziest thing in the world you're going to pay me how much a week? And all I got to do right. is hide the bench? Whew, easy. You, you don't want yeah. to transfer? No, heck no. Why would you want to transfer so you make less money and you actually have to play? Eh. Nah. That's, to that's So cool. much golf that he could probably play on the European tour. That's, that's how much golf he's playing. Right?
1: <laughs> yeah, right. All the golf.
2: Uh, oh, my gosh. Funny. Soccer, man. I, I, I love it. Because the drama in there, it's, you know, it's a hundred times better than what's going on in, in sports around the United States right now. Baseball players bitching yeah, I mean, money. Oh, gosh.
1: Yeah, still.
2: Basketball players, you know, um, arguing if they're going to play or not because of, you know, social issues and stuff. Oh. Hey,
1: what did you? Oh, God. Go
2: for it. No, no, you go for it.
1: What, what did you think of Liverpool winning the title? I mean, it was
2: inevitable. I mean, what right. pre-COVID they had basically they had such an insurmountable lead. I'm su- I was shocked, honestly, when so I th- when when the French league Serie uh, Serie A right or is, yeah Serie uh,
1: the French league yeah French league's league uh League
2: si- One so League One when, that's right there- one. yeah uh when League One basically said we're done because. PSG had such a, an insurmountable league. It was over. Right. I thought for sure Premier League was going to fall suit Because what Liverpool had to win uh, out of five games that were left, they only had to win one. And City had to lose one to basically, yeah. you know, and that was done, you know. Um, so, I mean, it's good so the, for, for Liverpool mm-hmm. 30 years since, you know, a league title. Um, you know, I, I like Salah. Um. You know, I, I didn't. I forgot that LeBron James was a minority owner of Liverpool until he tweeted out that, you know, we won the championship. And I was like, what the hell are you talking about, man? NBA. <laughs> and then I, yeah, right. I read the tweet a little bit closer. I was like, oh, yeah, that's right. He, I remember way back when, like, when he was like in his fifth year in NBA, he, he bought a minority stake in Liverpool. I was, nope, paid off.
1: Yeah, the, the thing. Like, obviously, credit where credit's due. Like, they're an amazing team. But, like, the only thing that is annoying to me, and maybe I'm just a bitter United fan, but, like, there's a lot of American bandwagoners for Liverpool. Oh, yes. That that jumped on board, like, when, when they became good. And, like, so don't really know anything about them. And, like, so you'll see these things that are, like, uh, you know, best team in the Premier League because they won with seven games left. So there was this chart that said, like, how many games were left, like um when the title was won, right? Right. And so Liverpool it is it is correct. They're at the top with seven. But they're like, you know, the best team. United is on that list three other times.
2: Oh, without a doubt. And
1: I'm just you know, and so, you know, there's that and then like someone was um <clears throat> someone was like, Well, Liverpool's actually has more titles than United because the the title is called The Premier League now, and it's not the Barclays Premier League. It's not. It doesn't have like a sponsorship. I'm like, dude, are we really doing that right now? Like, are you kidding me? (laughs) You know, I was like, get out of here with that sort of stuff. Um, And then the final one that always gets me is like, you know, Klopp did this without ever. You know, Liverpool don't have Bundy like the other clubs. Okay, so yeah, when Klopp took over, his um, his starting eleven that he had was a, you know, combined, like, fine total somewhere, it was like 140 million or something like that. This starting 11 is over, like, seven... He spent, like, over 700 million pounds. Now, I'm not saying that the man shouldn't, or, you know, Manchester... All the Manchester spend... Like, I'm not saying it's that. But, like, don't sit here and tell me that the man doesn't get money when... You know what I mean? It's just like, come on, get out of here with that.
2: No, Liverpool definitely spends money. Like, is it... Is it, man, like, what is it? City's the, City's the most expensive team, right, I think? And then... Uh,
1: City and then United's closer also yeah. United than City. I forget. I'm pretty, yeah, so, I think
2: City's number one, and then United's number two and stuff up. But still, the like, what you're talking about, though, it's not La Liga, where it's, like, if... If Atletico Madrid won La Liga, that would be something special because the insane right. amount of money that both Real Madrid and Barcelona spend is so vastly different than Atletico right. Madrid, which is the third richest team or whatever. But still, if they won, it would be wow, unbelievable um, or something. Like that. But Liverpool, it, the, they spend their money well. They spend, you know, they don't throw a lot of money at transfers, but they, at the same time, too, they do spend money. You know, and even Klopp's expensive. When they when they paid for Klopp to come over, that was an expensive right. buy right there too.
1: Well, and I think the other thing is, you know, people and you know, I get the argument. There, I was like, well, United paid you know uh, eighty million for McGuire and um, Virgil Van Dyke was seventy five, and Van Dyke's better. And I'm not saying I I think Van Dyke is better, but they're like, oh, he paid so much more. All that. The thing – here's the other thing is because United have, are known for having money, which they do, mm-hmm. like they will – and City as well will have to pay inflated prices for players or else they won't get players. You know what I mean? Where right. Like other clubs, for instance, may not have – okay, so if Virgil van Dijk went to United, I guarantee it wouldn't have been for 75. It would have been for like 95 because – because teams know United have the money to pay so the prices are always going to be inflated
2: right no exactly when if you it is tougher to manage a team now like united or or city or you know the bigger because when you're in the transfer game and you have that tag of oh I'm the you know general manager or whatever they call them, you know and to to try to buy a transfer just that tag alone means that you're going to pay more money for a star versus a Tottenham, a Liverpool, yeah. a Leicester right. city, you know, like it, it, right. it, yeah. it comes. So to say that that's not, that's not a valid argument. I, I agree with you 100% for fans to say, Oh, they spend less money. Of course they spend less money. They're Liverpool. You know, they're, they they do not have it. Now watch if Liverpool wins right. three premier yeah. league titles in a row. Now all of a sudden, yeah. when it comes to transfer time and transfer, Hey, that money's going to go a lot higher.
1: Yeah, you know, right, you're going to start seeing a shift, right?
2: Without a doubt. it's it, The city went through that. I mean, city was getting, you know, players for a discounted rate. And then all of a sudden, you know, they get, um, you know, some new owners, some new investors. They start spending a little bit more money. And then all of a sudden, bam, bam, bam. Now it's it's a lot of money for, for city to invest in players. And they're going to spend a lot more money, you know. It, it, that's not a valid argument at all. Um, no, I mean salah i'm i'm happy for i think he got you know i what was it to the not because they won champions league last year but the year before when he got mm-hmm. injured in the finals you know for oh, yeah, him yeah. and stuff because he had such a remarkable season that year i thought that was his, yeah, absolutely. his season um and so for him to win champions league him to win you know premier league i think that's a complete and i think he wants out of premier league i think he wants to not not for bitterness, but just to move on to you know bigger money and a bigger contract. So I think you're going to see him either go to you know La Liga or um, uh, League One in Italy and stuff. So
1: I would say I, I could see him, if anything, La Liga. Um,
0: yeah,
1: you know, because he's going to be having some you know pursuit now, um, and we'll see what type of uh, resilience um, Liverpool Liverpool have. Right uh, in that area, because whenever a team does well, obviously, you know, Barcelona more so Real Madrid is always tossed into the tossed into the mix of, you know, it's oh, so hard to get there.
2: together when you win the Premier League title like that. Look at Leicester City when they won it. what Was it three years ago when they won the Premier League title? They won with the the, the cheapest team in history. Oh
1: yeah, and
2: yeah. then everybody wants the t- they win the title. Everybody wants to get a pay, You know they. Start trans- yeah, I
1: mean, that's where uh, Morat, you know, he went to um, City. Yeah, a lot of players.
2: Mm-hmm. Which in. is understandable. So, I mean, I could see definitely a lot of, you know, I don't know. We'll see how COVID plays out, but yeah, I could definitely see, you know, this Liverpool team kind of disassembling a little bit, you know. Um yeah. You know, Barcelona's got to look for a person to replace uh, Messi. You know they keep throwing uh, what's-his-name out and um, bringing him back from um, PSG.
1: Oh God, what's
2: his name? He was on.
1: His name, Neymar.
2: Neymar, yeah. Uh, but uh, I think
1: it's just too uh, much money. I Neymar. Can't, can't, uh, yeah, can't
2: even. Drama. Uh, a drama. I think he's overpaid, overhyped. You know.
1: hmm I don't know. Yeah, I, I'm not. I don't know. I don't. I'm not a fan of his. He's he's a little too. Dr- dramatic for me
2: yeah um staying on soccer though did you see the story it came out just a little bit ago a couple hours ago um that the national or or the women's soccer league um that's about to start back up here um Mm -hmm. they made an announcement that they're going to allow their players to stay in the locker room during the national anthem if they want so now we got standing Kneeling and locker room, if need be. Um, uh, to me, it's kind of overkill. Like, for the love of God, like, how many more options can we do for the national anthem? First, we got Bruce Arena last week, which you we talked about I'm getting rid of. It. It was just, that was crazy enough. But now it's like option A, option B, option C. So stand, kneel, or. Stay in the locker room if, if you would like to. I mean, in all honesty to me, if you are going to play a professional sport in the United States of America, the least you could do is come out for the national anthem. I don't care if you kneel. Uh, if you stand, it's fine. But for, if, I just think it's too much that the National Women's Soccer League is going to do. And I think it's going to kill their audience if you ask me. What What are your thoughts on it? I
1: I just... Um... I feel like, like, there's not a lot of, like, I think, I don't know. It doesn't seem like things are, like, really, like, fine-tuned out. It's, like, it's just, like, they'll keep coming up with more things and then it'll change and adapt. And, I mean, it just, I, I think sometimes if, if there's more options, it, I don't know. Like, so how does it even work then? Do you wait for the people to come out from the locker room after it's done? And then, like, get I just... I, I don't know what it looks like, I, I guess, like, logistically even. You know what I mean? Um, I don't think
2: they even know it either, because their announcement was is that there was... They just made the, like... And it was just maybe two, three hours ago that they said that they would allow the players to stay in the locker room for the National Anthem if they want
0: to, which... Okay.
1: I mean... Yeah. Then are you like, I, yeah, I don't even, I don't even know. I mean, it, yeah, I don't know. I don't know anymore. I just, um, like I said, I don't have a problem with, you know, people kneeling kind of like we talked about last week. Right. Um, you know, I just, I know it's a different world for, um, a lot of people, but yeah, I just, I don't know. It, this is just like, uh, but, but then there's, Like I said, also the concept of, you know, then there's also the concept of, like, well, I mean, even, you know, like women's sports, like, which isn't a thing in many other countries. And so, like, there is that ability to have that. Um, But, like I said, I mean, I'm I'm not a woman, so I can't speak on what it's like to be a woman. Um, Yeah, I don't know. I just think there's a lot of gray area with it, too. And I think sometimes – like I said, it's just very kind of looked at as like one way or another, um, and yeah, I just I don't know. I feel like I feel like once you open up like this option, then more options will continue to either be like raised or come out, or um, yeah, I don't know. Right? No, I I, I
2: like so I'm anti. I think this, this is the worst decision you could possibly make. I don't mind kneeling, and it what was it, um. It, neighbor a couple down, uh, houses down the street. We were we were discussing, you know, of course, the, everything that's going on, and we were having the debate, and, you know, he's anti-Neely. And I was like, look, man, I go, in all honesty, I want you next time you go to a sporting event and when corona's done and stuff like that and the national anthem's going on, I want you to look in the crowd of everyone that's actually going around, you know, like, that's standing there, and pay attention. How many people are legit standing there at attention Fully devoted to standing, you know, right, for the yeah. national anthem, and then also think about it, you know, and because he was saying, oh, it's a sign of disrespect to the flag. I go, okay. I go, so have you never gone to the bathroom during the national anthem when you're at a sporting event, or were you in line to get beer or French fries or something like that, and the national anthem goes well, off? Oh, Did your you? Phone. Start- oh, without it, it looked at your phone. I go, it's so you can't make that argument that, that right. you know kneeling is a sign of disrespect when. There's hundreds of, you know, thousands at a, a football game in line, getting a drink, getting a beer, getting, a, you know, um, right. getting food, going to the bathroom before the game and with all that going on. Go, if I said if, if that's the case, if that's how people are going to take the stance against kneeling and stuff, then shit, we need it. Like when the national anthem comes on tickets, you know, people trying to get into the stadium need to stop and we all need to stand at attention, face the music. And then when it's done, okay, you, you stop serving food, stop taking tickets, all that other stuff. And he was like, "Uh, uh that's yeah. not the same." I was like, "It is the same because you hear the music, just you know, see the flag. You hear the music, you got to do that." So, uh, like I said, I'm I understand the kneeling. At first, it was kind of weird to me, but now I get it. And so, I'm, hey, listen, if that's your way of protesting and stuff, and you know, it's respectful. You're at least out there. And it's a lot better than what Colin Kaepernick was originally doing, just sitting on the bench. But to say that you – I know the Steelers did it. Um, you know, the Pittsburgh Steelers or the NFL, some of the NFL teams did it beforehand as a, an entire team. Or like or Julius Peppers did it by himself. I don't agree with that. And to, to give an option to say, hey, look, you are – a professional athlete in the United States of America like you said there's not many other countries that are willing to front the money and put you know investment dollars into women's leagues to keep it going to say hey you can go you know sit in the locker room or whatever during the national anthem look j- just put your body out there I, I, you don't have to stand at attention and stuff like that but at least show that you appreciate being in this country. And, and and your league is the National Women's Soccer League. You know, it's you, you're playing for a league that's representing, you know, this country. You know, at least do that. If you want to kneel, kneel. If every women's soccer player says, we're going to kneel for women's rights and Black Lives Matter and, you know, police brutality, I get it. But for the... That is such... A cop out in my mind and stuff. And when I saw that headline, I immediately opened up that article. I read it. I was like, "There is no way this is." Uh, uh, listen, the NBA is talking about now putting Black Lives matters on the courts when they're in, in Disney World and stuff. Uh-huh. I'm okay with that. That's fine. You as a company, if you want to make a political statement like that, fine. You have every right to do it. But damn, like I think we're we're going in the opposite direction of what the original concept was. You know, to bring this country together and stuff and saying, oh, if you don't want to stand out for the national anthem, you don't have to. Crazy. All right. Oh, all right. Um, one more thing. W- what's the one last thing you want to talk about? I'll, let, I'll leave it up to you.
1: Oh, man. Mm. Let's see. Oh man, I haven't been really watching a whole lot new stuff. I'm um, trying to think what's newish or oh, um, I mean, I guess it's not a super big. But what about uh, the passing of Joel Schumacher?
2: Oh, definitely. So that caught me by surprise because it was the same day as the announcement of Michael Keaton. Um, yes. Yeah, and Michael Keaton, you know, possibly reprising his role as Batman. And I think that story got swept under the rug. And I like Schumacher was Batman forever and Batman and Robin, correct?
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: Love Batman forever. I think, you know, of course, Batman 89, Batman Returns, but I think Batman Forever has a, 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 a special place in my heart. Um, because I was always a big fan of Robin, and because I was, oh, of course, yeah. a young kid and stuff like that, and so that was the first one with Robin. I thought Jim Carrey's Joker was amazing. Um,
1: Did you really? That's it Or I uh, mean,
2: Riddler. Riddler. I'm sorry, not Joker. Yeah, yeah. Jesus. Uh-huh. Uh, no, I I loved it. I thought it was. I thought it was kind of. It was a good balance of the kind of weirdish Batman. You know, Adam West version of Batman. Yeah. And kind of a new take on it with that darkness, you know, not necessarily Tim Burton's, you know, type steel, but I liked it. You didn't like the Jim Carrey I, version?
1: I, no, it's not that I didn't like it per se. I just felt like at times he was over the top, like, and that's not that's not what I thought of the Riddler. Like the Riddler that I usually think of is more along the lines of like the animated series Riddler, the right? The introvert that's more, yeah. Like, or even, or even Gotham, or even Gotham. Um, yes. But I, in the same vein, um, he was very much um, like you said, like the um, Adam West Batman Riddler, which I was fine with. So, like I said, it's not that I didn't like it. Like I'm, a, I, I like Batman Forever. Right. Um I just, at the time, I remember prior to that, when poor Robin Williams, they were dragging him through all that again. Like, I was really in favor of, like, Robin Williams being the Riddler. Um, And it was Jim Carrey, you know, he was really big at the time. So, like I said, I'm not, like, completely against it. And I think one of the things that, I forget where, I, I was reading an article one time, and one of the things that they said, which makes sense, so... You know, if you think about each of the Batman movies, even Batman and Robin for as bad as it was, um,
0: mm-hmm.
1: that like each one still very much almost fits a, you know, some age of the comics. You know what I mean? Like there was a time when it was super, super campy, like Batman and Robin campy. you know, right. So mm-hmm.
0: like
1: yep. it, for as bad of a movie as Batman and Robin is. And for the issues that they all have, like they still very much fit um, in, in a specific kind of place, which I still which I do appreciate.
2: Yeah, it, you're, you're absolutely right. Like the the four Batman movies in the, you know, 89 through I think it was like 96 when Batman and Robin, 96, 97,
1: I want to say. 97, I think. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I mean, they they kind of cover the genre of Batman in, right. I would say, in opposite order. So, like, you know, Batman 89, of course, was, um, you know, the Dark Knight and in, in, um, Frank Miller's version of it. So that was more connected. But then the further along we got with the movies, it went older, you know, and got that campiness to it and stuff. Because the funniest thing, it, now I laugh at it, but when I was in the movie theaters and saw it, I thought, oh, my gosh, was George Clooney taking out the Batman credit card in Batman? Oh, America? my
1: gosh. Yeah. And I was
2: like, "What the hell is this? Like, Batman does not have a credit card. Are you freaking kidding me?" <laughs> and, you know, and of course, uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger with all the one-liners and stuff. Uh, you know, Schumacher admitted that he went a little too far with it and stuff, but
1: he actually apologized, which was nice.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think for for anybody to do that and like say, you know, maybe I went over the top too much and stuff, but you know, I think he gets too much crap for that one movie.
1: Yeah.
2: Um, because think, so I was just looking up his credits, his directing credits. He, he directed Saint, *Saint Elmo's Fire*, which is a classic. Oh yeah. Um, *The Lost Boys*, another classic. Yeah. Um, *Dying Young* with Mel Gibson. Um, mm-hmm. uh, classic. Um, *The Client* before, and that was a John Grisham movie and stuff that was just good. *A Time to Kill* with Matthew McConaughey. Oh.
1: Yeah, that's a good one. Which
2: unbelievable movie? I couldn't when I um, when I saw the in the announcement that he died, and then you know a couple articles, I I had no clue that he directed that movie. And it's such in it, oh it, yeah, it, the they said it's so crazy because the Time to Kill came out right before the year before Batman and Robin did. So you went from that movie to Batman and Robin, which is wow,
1: certainly sure,
2: yeah. yeah, eight millimeter, which is another good one with oh, Nicholas wow, Cage. Yeah um see, um and then he did phantom of the opera in 2004 which was uh, like it was good because it brought broadway to to the movie theaters and kind of giving credit that um you know and that was kind of like he did like other ones that were were good but not but to think of like his film you know credibility is is unbelievable so i mean he's definitely one of the the great directors movie producers and so forth you know he, he always gets a bad name for batman and robin but the guy knew his movies
1: he actually had a pretty decent pitch for a follow-up to batman and robin where he did want to bring it back to a much darker film I mean, mm-hmm. you know you if anybody are batman fan they probably heard of you know batman triumphant or mm-hmm. whatever it was going to be called um and it was going to be a much darker take with scarecrow and stuff like that and so you know, I think he realized kind of what it was with Batman and Robin. I mean, you know, I think the studio at the same time did the right thing. Like, eh, you know, we'll take us in a different direction. But, you know, I, I I give him a lot of respect for understanding, like, okay, this, uh, you know, th- this wasn't the best. And not only that, but like I said, he even, if you have the – um, uh, at one time, they sold, like, uh, all four Batman movies, like, together. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and then some of the, uh, for Batman and Robin, like, the director's cut, um, you know, when he's was talking, uh, doing, like, the voiceovers, he even says, he's like, you know, my intention was in no way, shape, or form to, you know, offend any fans. And if I did, like, I truly apologize. So, I mean, I think that's that's pretty big of him.
2: You know, and it's it's still funny because there's still a good fan base for that movie. There's still a group of uh, young people. Probably, so I was in freshman, eighth grade or freshman in high school when that movie came out. 97, I was freshman in high school. Um, and so there was a lot of, like, I remember younger kids that really liked it. It's kind of like the prequels for Star Wars, you know, when the right. prequels came out a lot of the high school college and adults hated it but the kids loved it and so now those kids uh you know or even the the ones that were born after the prequels uh for star wars were were born like in the early 2000s they love the prequels better than the original trilogy and so i think that it it serves you know it's it's a batman i i kind of you know i've thought of batman and robin is that it's that family version of batman that you can pop in and watch it oh, yeah. with kids that are, you know, four or five years old and not get scared shitless like I did with Batman 89. Um, <laughs> right. That was a scary and dark movie. I'm sorry. That was, And then oh, yeah. Danny DeVito's Penguin still <laughs> scares the shit out of me. Um, I know. <laughs> when
1: he bites that guy's
2: nose. Oh, my God. Yeah. And it's, it's not even like red blood. It's like oil. Like the, Oh, ugh. yeah.
1: It's like. Bile and you know, yeah, it's pretty nasty. Yeah, like what the hell? Is- uh, but oh, I mean, and what I will say is, I mean, even when Batman and Robin is on first bat of a movie, it is like if it's on, I'll watch it. You know, it's one of those where it's like, oh, it's on. You know, whatever.
2: Oh yeah, because I mean, um, listen, it can't. It, the amount of one-liners you can get from that movie just from Arnold Schwarzenegger's Mr. Freeze character alone is priceless.
1: Well, that's when you saw a shift, right? Was when so obviously you had Jack Nicholson and uh you know the first one and mm-hmm. then in Batman Returns yeah, you still have that star power with like Danny DeVito and uh Michelle Pfeiffer and th- then it became more about like the star power of the villains I felt right you know what I mean because then obviously Jim Carrey and Tommy Lee Jones who at 95 both of them were at like you know really big part like points in their oh career. yeah um uh, then-
2: Jim Carrey's was off just off the peak of Ace Ventura
1: right um, and then obviously like after that, like, <laughs> you know, I-, I, remember for the longest time you probably were too. Um, like it was rumored that, um, uh, the Patrick Stewart was going, everybody wanted Patrick Stewart to be Mr. Freeze.
2: Oh, um, no, I never heard that. That would have been a good one no, though.
1: You never heard that? Yeah. yeah. Never, like so many people were pushing for Patrick Stewart to be Mr. Freeze, which I think would have been awesome as well. And then they cast Arnold Schwarzenegger and everybody was like, "Okay, like that's different, but all right. But once again, if you look at the Mr. Freeze from um, uh, from, you know, the Adam West Batman series, it's actually not that much different. No, they're not. Yeah, it's really not that much different
2: the The whole like theme of the movie is not that much different from the Adam uh, Adam West series and stuff. You know, the oh, yeah. the goofiness of it and everything. Um, you know, the even like the the characterization of Bane. You know, like the, the costume was ridiculous mm-hmm. for that. I mean, everyone knew that that was those were like foam muscles and stuff when walking. Right. Around. You know, they didn't even try to do something like what they did with Tom Hardy or anything. They just said just put a guy in a suit and we'll make it work type deal and then uh uma thurman's poison ivy and how batman and robin were fighting over her and so, oh man it was <laughs> and i think what hurt in movie out. too was that like the animated series was around right around that time too and the animated series yeah. was uh-huh. was point it was like that that had a perfect combination of a dark grittiness to it it had the you know right type of tone for the comics and but it was cartoony enough um for kids to, to to like it and so and
1: well and sorry but don't forget that Ma- batman mask of the phantasm was out in 93 oh yeah um and that, that was in theaters too i remember going to see it yep. in the theater mm-hmm. and, and so yeah i think when you had this I think when when the cartoon, the animated series was darker than the movie is when it just didn't really seem to fit. You know what yep. I mean?
2: Oh, I agree. If the roles had been reversed, I think it would have been a slam dunk. The you know Batman and right. Robin had been darker, and the cartoon series had been goofier and stuff. You know, we might not have you know had a cartoon series last as long as it did because even the Joker, you know, Mark Hamill's version of the Joker oh, on, yeah. on the animated series. I was pretty sadistic and dark, you know? Um, oh,
1: absolutely.
2: So, all right, that puts us at a good hour mark, good time here. Um, this uh, episode of Geeky Jocks is, I'm going to say it's sponsored by Proper 12 because damn, this shit's good. Um, Conor McGregor's whiskey, I, I so I bought it on a whim because our ABC store over here just got, started carrying it and I was like, let me try this stuff out and Wow, um, so I think it's my new favorite whiskey.
1: It's really good, isn't oh, it? Yeah. Oh yeah, it, yeah. It's uh, yeah. I was unsure the first time I got it too, but it's kind of, it, you know what I mean. That was I right in saying it's like kind of in the same vein as like a like a. I mean, because clearly it's an Irish whiskey, but kind mm-hmm. of Jameson esque.
2: Yes, mm-hmm. but yeah. so like with other so Jameson and other whiskeys. I really have to mix it with something to, to cut it because I'm, I don't know, I just, the, my palate or whatever, for whatever reason, I can't drink it straight. But this yeah. one, I can't. I can just put oh, it on yeah. the rocks it's and good. drink it straight. Just get it let it get chilled just for a little bit, and I'm good. Um, so, yeah. If, if, McGregor, if you want to, I don't care. If you, you can just send bottles <laughs> over. You don't have to send any money. Sure. You know, right. Prop this shit up all the time. A proper 12 Irish whiskey. Holy shit, it's good. Um, And, I
1: mean, he's retired now, right?
2: Oh, I mean, hey, if if I was him, I would.
1: So, if he wants to come on the podcast, come on and (laughs)
0: watch.
2: Yeah, man. Talk some shit about UFC and everything. Let's do it. Uh, Uh, That man needs to start his own UFC. He needs to start his own fighting company. He would make billions of dollars. Him versus Dana White and promoting shit. Oh, my God. Unbelievable. All right, that's it for this episode. We'll do this again next week. Hopefully, it'll be something else to talk about besides COVID and the national (laughs) anthem. Shit. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Uh, But, hey, it's still fun, though. It's still fun. Yeah. Good time. All right, bud. All right.